Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. The Chicago Bulls roster continues to get healthier at a time where the schedule is easing up considerably. We're going to talk a little bit about that schedule. We're going to look at the week ahead and talk about Gary Trent Jr. as a possible target for the Chicago Bulls. All that plus the mailbag right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. I'm the host here, Hayes, but more importantly, you guys can follow the channel at Bulls Central Pod on every social media platform we happen to be on. With that being said, let's go ahead and get into the content for today. So, in yesterday's practice, Alex Caruso was a participant in the non-contract, uh, non-contact portion of practice. Patrick Williams was not. Both players are listed as questionable um, for tonight's game against the Charlotte Hornets. Now, this is a point where the Chicago Bulls are getting considerably healthier while their schedule is getting easier. As a matter of fact, of the, the, the remaining uh, opponents winning uh, percentage for the Chicago Bulls are 40%, 40, 40.2% is what the winning schedule is when you look at it. That is well above the next easiest schedule was 44.3%. So right now, the Chicago Bulls have the easiest schedule in the league per their opponent's winning percentage. Now, that could come up and down if a team goes on a big winning streak. They get players back healthy. That can considerably change, right? But right now, the Bulls are off to, you know, a, a really solid portion of their of their schedule where it's really getting easier. And with that said, listen, you get, you get Zach Levine back in the lineup. Nikola Vucevic is coming back. Patrick Williams, Alice Cruz are hopefully coming back tonight, if not soon, sooner rather than later. And you're strengthening your bench in that. You are going from moving Alice Caruso and Andre Drummond into your starting lineup into them being part of that bench. And then you add them to Io DeSumo, right, who's been playing pretty well. And Dalen Terry, who to me is outplaying Javon Carter right now. And even with Javon Carter, you have a solid eight to nine player rotation at that point in time that you can go into game in and game out. Now, how much Billy Donovan's going to use that? That comes back to Billy Donovan and his coaching philosophies, right? But the Bulls right now, yeah, they can't overlook any opponent. We have not played that well to where we can overlook any opponents right now. But we also head into the schedule where we're going to be playing more games out on the road. When you look at it, we play 10 games uh, out of our 15 games or, or, or out of the United Center this month. And so at the end of the day, this is a place where the Bulls, if that playoff push is real, if it's valid, if it's something that is, is, can, can really happen, this is a good place to really start making uh, up some of the ground of the teams that are ahead of you in the Eastern Conference, as well as work your players back into being healthy. And then we can maybe, after that point, February, March, be one of the healthier teams and a team that's gone through and has had to use a lot of their depth, right? Terry Taylor, Dalen Terry, Javon Carter, one, two out of those three players are probably going to fall out of the rotation when everybody's back healthy and we get Torrey Craig back in the middle of February. But with that said, you now have enough data and you've seen these players and how they fit to where you can go to certain different lineups and, and rotations and things like that, depending upon your opponent. And Terry Taylor, I'll say this, looked pretty good at the four against the Charlotte Hornets. Now, again, there was a Charlotte Hornets team, a bad Charlotte Hornets team at that, right? But um, looked pretty good in those minutes out there. So the Bulls have still got tons of things they need to figure out. I know on yesterday's episode, we talked about how the Bulls got some tough decisions they need to make about their roster going forward. Go heading towards the trade deadline, but even outside of that, 
the, the Bulls getting fully healthy while the, while the schedule is getting considerably easier, this could be a time where the Bulls do look to really make some moves up. And, and I, I think that, you know, you, you want to keep playing the way that we've been playing. It, the Bulls have to control what they can control, what's under their control, the effort, the energy, the defense, right? Those type of things. That's under their, their control, and they have to keep those things going if they really want to make this move. But this is going to be one of those times where we can really see the Bulls right now, uh, they're the 10th seed technically. They're tied for the ninth seed with the Brooklyn Nets, right? So either one of those teams win while the other one loses. It can it can flip-flop that easily. And so the Bulls right now, they're five games though. And so it's so it's it's interesting because the Brooklyn Nets, Chicago Bulls, Toronto Raptors, Atlanta Hawks are all kind of in that same area fighting for that ninth and tenth spot. Then you got above them the Miami Heat and the Indiana Pacers, um, that are that are five games above those teams so you know five games is a lot of games to make up now you're heading into the easy part of your schedule could the bulls maybe move up into one of those spots you know it, it it's it's possible um you know it but they're also like six games outside of the avoiding the play-in you know the bulls would have to go on a considerable winning streak here right they'd have to go on uh, basically for the rest of the season they have to have almost a 55 50 to 55 win percentage to hope to catch up to one of those teams and maybe avoid a play-in but you know, that's a story for another day. We'll talk about that as we start hopefully moving up the standings. But the Chicago Bulls sit in a, in a spot right now where it's where it's the, the, they can look to make up some ground. And, you know, as the team is getting healthier, as the team's playing, you want to look at Billy Donovan. Billy Donovan's coaching throughout this is going to be extremely important, especially when you look at making sure the play style for the Bulls stays the same with a player like Zach Levine coming back. Yeah, one game back against the Charlotte Hornets. We've got another game against the Hornets again. But as we face off the better competition, Billy Donovan's coaching is going to be hugely important to how much success that the Chicago Bulls team can have as a unit, right? Yeah, they can have their individual success. That's what we basically had last season where Vooch, DeMar, and Zach all had pretty solid seasons statistically in of themselves looking at them in a vacuum, but we know that the, the, the team success wasn't there, right? At least not at the level that we had hoped for coming into the season. So this is an important uh, time for Billy Donovan and his coaching staff to really gra- grab this by the reins and really direct this team and make sure that they stay playing a way that they want them to play. And if they don't, if it does get away, we see the heavy isolation ball come back, this type of things and that, uh, it can get ugly real quick. And so like, I, I don't want to harp in too much on the negative, especially when we, we won our last game. We'll see what happens with the Hornets tonight. But this is an important stretch for the Chicago Bulls. And I don't want to overlook that or understate it or overstate it at all. But having a a your opponents having a combined win percentage of 40%, basically, that's not something you should overlook lightly, right? And this is a, a time period where if the Bulls really are this team that can fight and the, the flashes that we've seen since Zach Levine's went out and come back in of just how efficient they've been in certain areas of the game, if that's something that they're going to keep being able to do and they want to show us that they can keep being able to do it, this is the part of their schedule where they can get it done. And so looking at the week ahead for the Chicago Bulls, we have we have a jam-packed week uh, this this. This week, we have four games this week over seven days. Of course, we face the Charlotte Hornets today. They've uh, gone 1-9 in their last 10. This is a winnable game for the Chicago Bulls. We just beat this team on Friday. We've had a couple of days off. Let's see how they come back out. Let's see how the Bulls come out. Then on Wednesday, we got the Houston Rockets, who are 5-5 five five in their last 10. Now, the thing with the Houston Rockets are, despite their record, they are one of the best defenses in the NBA. So the Chicago Bulls offense and how well they they play together is going to really be tested because as we've seen before uh, the Houston or with the Chicago Bulls is that when things start getting tough they kind of default back to kind of their their default settings right so you you don't want to see the factory settings I guess it's a better way to not use default as a word twice in a row anyway uh but uh they go they go back to it so the Houston Rockets and how well they've been playing as a team 
That's not a game to overlook, despite them being five and five in their last ten. This is a team that allows for the second lowest points by opponents, only second to the Minnesota Timberwolves, which are the best defense in the league, and they're above the Boston Celtics, Denver Nuggets, and the Philadelphia 76ers. But then we're, we're right there with uh, at five as well. Pretty damn good defense we have here in Chicago. So it's going to be important to see how this Bulls team counteracts that defense of the Houston Rockets. This could be a big test again, and they're another young, scrappy team that that has players all up and down that can fill it up, right? They don't always, but can fill it up, and those are teams that we've seen the Bulls be susceptible to. They have one 20-point-per-game score, and Alfred Sengun, who I love, you guys already know, Jalen Green, 17 points per game for them, Fred Van Vliet, 17 points per game for them, Dylan Brooks, 13, Jabari Smith, 13, right? This is a team that really does spread the ball out. They play well on defense. They rebound the ball well. They get out in transition. The Bulls got to look out for the Houston Rockets. It's an important game for them. And then you look at Friday. We're at home again against the Warriors. They're also 5-5 five and five in their last 10. But as we know, it's the Golden State Warriors. You can never take the Golden State Warriors. I don't care if the Golden State Warriors were 0-16 in the last 16 games. You don't want to ever overlook that team with how well the coach. They got their own internal disputes and, and turmoil and things like that. But this is another team that can fill it up against you. It's another team that has the ability to really do some things to surprise you as well. So you don't want to overlook the Golden State Warriors at all. This is going to be an important test for the Bulls' defense uh, as well in this game to see how well the Bulls can play defensively in a game like this. And, you know, it's been a, a pretty much a down season for the Golden State Warriors. But like I said, you don't want to overlook, in my opinion, you never want to overlook the Warriors. And then we uh, finish our, our week Saturday against the San Antonio Spurs, who are also 1-9, much like the Hornets, in their last 10 games. This is a team that we've beat twice already, I believe. Um, it's weird that we're playing the Spurs three times in the season. That's just this whole in-season tournament is really thrown off the NBA schedule. When do you face a Western Conference team as an Eastern Conference team three times? It's weird. But, you know, we face that, that team, again, another well-coached team, a team that, you know, has played us pretty tough. Uh, Andre Drummond, though, gave uh, Wimby the business, so that could happen again. But these are, are games where the Bulls can win all of these games. But will they, right? you got to come in with the execution. you got to come in with the mindset. you got to come in with being able to focus, right, and dig in and not, not let down to your opponent regardless of what's happening. The Bulls are, have always been a team that's susceptible to really getting their asses kicked by any team on any given night. We want to start seeing that rhetoric start changing a little bit for the Chicago Bulls where we can. And this is one of those times where you can start making that movement if, you, if, if the Bulls are locked in, they're coached well. And so let me know what you guys think about the week ahead for the Chicago Bulls. But moving on from that, we got um, uh, via Zach Buckley from Bleacher Report uh, mentioned that the Bulls could look to make a move for Gary Trent Jr. Now, this is something that it, it, it's, it's I don't know if, uh, if this is going to be like the, the Zach Levine trade. I think as we go forward and you hear more teams like the, the, uh, the Raptors wanting to give up Pascal Siakam, the Atlanta Hawks ready to give up on 90% of their roster, basically, except Trey Young. Um, I think that this Zach Levine trade could turn into a three-team trade, and Gary Trent Jr. is somebody that the Bulls can potentially do that. When you look at it, a young wing, 24 years old, could fit the timeline of the Chicago Bulls, is a, a player that plays solid enough on the defensive side of the ball and brings a three-point shooting punch. I don't hate Gary Trent Jr. as, as a somebody that the Bulls could target. It's just that it, it's not the, it's not the, you're not looking at him as being the Zach Levine replacement, but on a season so far, 13, uh, I'm sorry, 11 points per game. He's doing that on 40% shooting. He's also shooting the ball 38% from three-point range. But here's the key thing. He's taking five and a half three-pointers per game. That would be one of the highest three-point-per-game totals and, um, well, attempts and, and percentages on the Chicago Bulls if he was on the Chicago Bulls team right now. 
So that is something to look at, right? Um, when you when you when you come down to the only players that are averaging more three pointers than what Gary Trent Jr. is Kobe White and Zach Levine is they're attempting seven three pointers per game. So you look at that, the next player behind them is Nikola Vucevic with 3.9 three-pointers per game. So Gary Trent Jr. would immediately come in and offer a solid enough uh, 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 player that can that can shoot the ball. He'd also be a fourth highest as far as three-point shooting percentage, only behind Alice Caruso at 42%. Experience the thrill of March Madness. If you're still out on the hunt for a sports book to call home, Bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter the bracket contest for a chance to take home prizes up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, my bookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim the code BULLCENTRAL. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about my bookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use the promo code BULLCENTRAL to secure your limited time welcome bonus today. Patrick Williams at 41% and Kobe White at 39.6%. So you can see where it could potentially fit at, right? For the Chicago Bulls, it, you, you can see where it could fit at as far as them wanting to bring him to their team, a a, a three and D wing in, in a lot of ways that the Bulls have been looking at and, and wanting. Right. And, and you know, that that definitely could could help with that. And if it, it does come via Zach Levine leaving, he can offer some of that three point shooting while also being able to play solid defense. So one thing with Gary Trent Jr. you have to look at, though, is that he is an expiring contract. So depending on where that where, what happens with the team, the Bulls would have to make a tough decision on Gary Trent Jr. In the offseason, they already, already have to make one on Patrick Williams. They have to make one potentially on Andre Drummond, potentially uh, uh, Andre, uh, I already said Andre Drummond, uh, potentially DeMar DeRozan as well. Though, so you, you would be adding that. Now, if you also end up trading DeMar DeRozan, then that's one less player you got to pay. Uh, depending on what you get back for Zach Levine as well. So it, it's just, it's it offers, I like Gary Trent Jr. as a player. He's solid. Is he great? Is he like the thing that you like look at as like the, the piece in a deal? Hell no. But if it does end up turning to a three-team trade and we get a Gary Trent Jr. back rather than taking on a veteran, you get a 24-year-old solid perimeter uh, uh, attack defender, then uh, yeah, listen, solidly enough. But let me know what you guys think as uh, Gary Trent Jr. potentially being a target for the Chicago Bulls. If that's somebody you can look at fitting on this team with Patrick Williams, Kobe White, Io DeSumo as we go younger. Or do you really look at it and say, hey, I kind of rather just look at Julian Phillips and Dalen Terry. Let me know what you guys think on that. We're going to need some depth either way. But I'm always interested to see and hear how you guys feel about those kind of potential pro- uh, prospects. But let's go ahead and get into the voicemails for today. We got two. We got one from Doan and one from Corey Mays. Let's get into the first one now. Yo, 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 yo. It's Doan again. Yeah, man. I, I, I caught I caught what you had uh, played my response about the Vooch and Drummond situation. Well, you didn't understand what I was talking about when I said Vooch and Drummond. Vooch like to hang out on the perimeter all the time. So when Vooch missed those threes all the time, who in the fuck you think gonna get those rebounds? Who the fuck you think is gonna get it? You wanna put you wanna put Caruso grabbing rebounds like Billy Donovan been doing? No. You wanna put Caruso where he needs to be here, small guard. Put his ass as the point. Kobe is going off. We got Zach that may be coming back. Okay, Zach is back. Okay, Zach is playing a little bit. We don't know how good he is. He played against a shitty team. And we ain't, ain't going to give him all the pub right now. 
But to be truthfully honest with you, this is not a 2K team. If you want to say 2K team, it's been a 2K team. Vooch and DeRozan and, 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 and Zach, that's a 2K team. Who in the hell will ever see three veterans, all-stars, put together like that? So in my response to what you were saying was, you said no three. They can't. They ain't got no three. But when Caruso hit three, they even said that he had made a uh, up boost in three point shooting. So I don't understand what you're mo about the three point situation. But if you got somebody out there that can get rebounds, I think it would help a lot. Even Stacey King said it. One of the one of the one of the greats. They played with the great P. First off, let me apologize for getting your name incorrectly. I called you Goon. I thought that's how you pronounce it. It's Doan. I got you now. You're locked in. Now, with that said, here's the thing um, is that I'll say is that you don't want Vooch taking threes. Why, why would we set up our lineup to take advantage of Vooch missing three-pointers because we know he's going to miss them? That's just, it's not smart. It's not smart. And then to say that, like, having three star uh, all-stars together as a 2K team, you're, you're missing what I'm saying. It wasn't about it being 2K because of, it being star level players is because of that lineup just doesn't work in reality. So you you and Vooch doesn't like to get out in the perimeter. Vooch has become more of a perimeter shooter to add more space because we have DeMar DeRozan here and him and De, him and DeMar like to get their offense from the same spots. So no, we're not going to change our lineup to do to 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 take advantage of Drummond getting more rebounds for inefficient offense. That's what you're basically saying is saying let's start Vooch and Drummond together so that we can play inefficient offense. And that's just not sensible. It's not right. It doesn't make sense to do. And so, theoretically, more so what you would want to do is create a lineup into where Vooch doesn't need his three-point. We don't need Vooch to shoot as many three-pointers, which we don't need now. He's actually more efficient when he doesn't. And, again, that's kind of what goes into that. As far as Alex Caruso, yes, he's been a damn good three-point shooter. But it's not still that stretching the floor ability. And, again, so, like, I feel like we're having two separate conversations. You're talking about it from a fan standpoint, which is fine. And I'm talking about it from an analytics and what I actually see on the court standpoint. At the end of the day, the lineup of Drummond and Vooch doesn't work. It's not smart. It's not good basketball. And to sit there and put that out there just so Drum can get rebounds because of Vooch's misses, which means that you already know that it's an inefficient shot because you're, you're planning on him missing them. That's not smart basketball. And to, and to take, again, Alice, I mean, Kobe White out of the starting lineup, which is what you presented, and starting Alice Caruso instead of that, Alice Caruso is fine at the at the one, two, and three. You're right. I don't want to see Alice Caruso at the four. But again, the Bulls rebounding isn't the problem for the Chicago Bulls. It's never really been the problem for the Chicago Bulls. So trying to create a lineup to try to to try to uh, create or, or fix something that isn't necessarily the biggest problem with the Chicago Bulls team. Yes, when 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 Vooch was down, absolutely, it was a huge problem for the Chicago Bulls. We don't have a lack of size there. But again, you also have to think about what you're doing doing to the size off your bench as well. So. I got to disagree. I don't think that that's a good lineup. I don't think it's a, it's a smart lineup, and I just don't think it's one of the lineups that are going to put the Bulls in the best situations. But I understand that you're trying to find a way to solve Vooch missing threes, where I think that the way to solve that is more so create a team where he, his three-point shooting isn't needed. It can be more of a of an asset to his game that he does, which is post-up, pin-downs, coming off driving, uh, uh, posting dives. Those type of things are way better for Vooch's offense than trying to say, let's let's put Drummond out there with Vooch so Vooch can dr to take more threes and Drummond can get the rebound. Just not smart basketball. Let's go ahead and get to the next voicemail. This one's from Corey May. Yo, what's up, Hayes? God bless. I love what you're doing. This is Marvis Corey Mays. Um, I don't know what narrative you be hearing, but I wasn't comparing Kobe White and Derrick Rose, you know? There's no fucking comparison between them two. It's just not. I'll use Rose as an example. I was saying that Rose was overused. And if you're saying that 
you know, he wasn't. I mean, didn't Tibbs get a name for himself for overusing Derrick Rose, playing him too much? What I was saying was Derrick Rose didn't have a, a running mate, a superstar to run with him. And the person you can come close to saying that is, what, Joe King? But Joe King wasn't a superstar. Who had a better career, KG, Chris Bosh? Or Joe King, I would wait, but I only got like three minutes. But no, he didn't have a superstar, so Tibbs had to overuse him a lot. You brought up Denver. Denver lucked up on Joker. Let's be real. They lucked up on him. In the second round, they lucked up on that man. But I do say that Denver did make a point, though, for what I was saying. They had Murray. They had Joker. They built around them. You got Tatum. You got Brown. You build around them. You got Clay. You got Steph. You build around them. You got Tyrese Maxey, you got MB. You build around them. You get two players that's good, that's close in age, and you draft them, and you build around them. That's what you do. We don't have that. We just don't. Now, when you have two captains, what do they do? What do they shoot for? They shoot to see who's going to pick first. Why do they do that? Because you want to pick at the top, not at the bottom. Because where's the criminal crop? It's at the top, not at the bottom. You want to pick the best of the best. And, yeah, you're going to have some hits to miss and stuff like that. You know, A.K. Joker. It gets to the second round or something like that. Or did he really get to the second round? Because sometimes, you know, frozen envelope. But, hey, we're going to get past that. What I'm saying is you want to pick at the top of the draft. You don't want to compete where to a point where you either get low draft picks or no draft picks. You want to pick out of the top of the draft because that's where the best player is at. And you're going to take shots, and you're going to get some hits and misses. But at least you're picking out of good and great players so you can get that one star that you need and that second star to run with him. That is how you do it. You get you two players, and you build around them. We don't have them two players. We just don't. Okay, so I get what you're saying. Yes, you want to you wanna build around it. But here's the thing I'm going to say to you. In the past 30 seasons, only three number one overall picks have won a championship with the team that drafted him. That's Kyrie, LeBron, and Tim Duncan. And LeBron had to leave and come back for that happen, so there's a caveat in that. What, the fact of the matter is it's not about drafting high. And I think what what and through your three voicemails over the course of this weekend, they all kind of said something different and moved the goalposts in a different way. Derrick Rose didn't get hurt because of the superstar. And again, that was a completely different era of basketball. It wasn't about multiple stars and superstars linking up with each other. It's, that was a completely different era, and we're starting to see it go back to that, too. But then on top of that, to say that, um, you know, that you have to, it's about drafting smart, not necessarily drafting. Yes, drafting higher, you get more uh, uh, players at your disposal that you can look at, but it's more about drafting smart. And so it's not just drafting high that booms, that means you're off to the races again, because having players to build around, and your whole original thesis is that Tyrese Maxey is so much better, a better of a player than Kobe White. He's not. And that, and that does not change the point. Go and look at every statistic. Yes, over his career, he has been. But to say that Tyrese Maxey wouldn't have been in and out of the starting lineup like Kobe was, considering where this team went, it, it's, it's wrong. And so, you know, at the end of the day, yes, you do need one to two players to build your core around. Young players or players that at least are, are around the same timeline. But again, the Chicago Bulls are literally now potentially moving on from what they were trying to do before, and that's living two timelines. We'll see if that happens. But it's still not about just being bad, just to be like, just the, the 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 thought process behind why are we winning games? We're not going to win a title. Let's not win games. Let's just be bad so we can draft higher. It does not work. Look at the team. The, there's only been three teams in the history of the NBA that have tanked and got and got it to to work to be to win a championship. That is the Spurs, 
That is the Cavalier. That that that's it. And the Spurs did it twice, and we don't know if Wimby's going to yet be the player that that wins a championship. But at the end of the day, tanking generally doesn't work. Looking at your team and just saying, "Why are we winning games if we're not winning titles? Let's just lose everything." It doesn't typically work, and and it, that's backed by history. Yeah, they'll win more games, and that, and that's what I think some fans get caught up in is the fact of let's win more games so we shut up. We're just winning games. But if the ultimate goal is again winning a title. There's no guarantee just by tanking you're going to get there because that's not what the history of the NBA show. You guys can let me know what you think down below. Make sure you guys are following the show at Bull Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, bullcentralpod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text message and or voicemail, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related thanks to you guys. And like I like to end every episode on, Go Bulls. Love you guys. See red if you can, y'all. Peace. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Media.